Good morning, church. Wow, that's pretty impressive. I like that. Over the last uh, months, we've been talking about the attributes of God. We've been talking about <clears throat> the God of all encouragement. We've been talking about the righteousness of God. We've been talking about the peace of God. We've been talking about the justice of God. And the list goes on. And it's become increasingly clear to me that as we go forward in this pursuit of God and in knowing him more intimately, there, I believe, are two inescapable conclusions that you have to come to. And the first one is great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is immeasurable in character and greatness and there is no one let me repeat that there is no one like our God. No one even pales to come close to him for who he is. And so this morning, as we continue to go forward in looking at the attributes of God, I want to talk about one attribute that it seems simplistic, but the implications of this attribute are far-reaching. And like his other attributes, they all work in harmony with one another. He does not suspend one or others to make another attribute work. They all work harmoniously together. So this particular attribute happens to be the immutability of God. Let's pray. Lord, we bow our hearts before you. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, I pray that you would take the words, these words, that you would plant them in our heart, that they would prosper in the thing that you send them forth to do, and that you would change us, change us from the inside out, to walk in your rest, to walk in your love, to grow up in you, that though we live in a world that is being changed, some for good and some not for good, but Lord, as we live in a world of constant change, we thank you that you are the one who does not change. Open the eyes of our understanding this day, Lord, and have your way. Meet each one of us right where we are and take us further, take us deeper in knowing who you are and your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I, I chose for a text, and there were a couple other ones that I, I planned to bring out. 
But I chose for a text this morning a familiar set of words, eight words as a matter of fact, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8. And there we find these words. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Okay, so my math was off. I wasn't good in math. It's 10 words. <laughs> I apologize. In the Greek, it says Jesus Christ himself is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so, it begs the question with which I want to give you this morning. Why, why look at the immutability of God and if I'm honest with myself and if we're honest with ourselves we live we live in a world of change there is no escaping it when you look for example just in the world of transportation you look at cars where they have come from and where we are now. And who knows where that's going to stop. We could be driving around in vehicles that look like the Jetsons for all we know, driving in air. Um, <laughs> one of my favorites. Consider the telephone. <laughs> now, I'm an old dinosaur in the sense that I still believe in the landline, praise God. That sure reliable cable that I pick up and I dial that number. When I dial that number, I know that I'm going through and I'm going to reach the destined person on the other end of that phone. And now what do we have? We have smartphones. You can text. You can bring up the weather. I mean, you can order food. I mean, golly, where does it stop? Use it for a flashlight. I mean, just think of the change. And, that's, and that, those are good changes, so I don't want to knock change, okay? Even though I'm a dinosaur, I'm not knocking change. That's great. But just gently bring me along, okay? <laughs> um, so anyway, our bodies. You know, our bodies are continually changing. Uh, we call it growing older. I know, I know, Ralph. I'm sorry. No, no disrespect there. But our bodies are continually changing. I have to say about myself, you know, there were days when I could run like the wind. And now I have to tell you that my got up and go has got up and went. I can still run, but I console myself with the fact that it's not the age, it's the mileage. Okay. The race may not always go to the swiftest, but to the one who perseveres. I'm going to get there. I will. I will. But our bodies change. Our families change. They increase in number. We are grandparents now. And that's a whole new vista, a whole new season for Donna and myself. If I could do it, I'd retire tomorrow. And I, I'd, well, I entertain ideas of where I'd be. 
not the least of which would be Nepal, not the least of which would be Virginia, and not the least of which would be visiting Theo up in St. Louis. I'm just being honest. But those are changes. Those are welcome changes. But if we're really honest with ourselves, change can be unnerving. Really? Am I the only one here? Change can be unnerving. There was a time at work where the vice president called me into his office and, and said, I want you to work in another department. I want you to head it up. I want you to supervise it. That conversation initially lasted all of 30 seconds. I said no and I walked out. And I thought, boy, I'm glad that's done. And I, I went behind me. Little did I realize I got called back into the office. And the vice president wanted to know, why did you tell me no? So the first thing I told him, well, you're going to put me in another department and for only 50 cents more, that's not going to happen. I mean, that's like two mites, if we're honest with you. That's <clears throat> but, there was a, but there was a more significant reason. That's what I want to bring up, and that's this. I told him, you're going to take me out of my element you're going to put me in a completely different element and you're going to expect me to work miracles. Now, I was good to the glory of God. I was good at where I was. Now, I, I, I would be completely out of my element and, and now it's like going back to square one. And then, <clears throat> so he proceeded to tell me that Product was not getting out the door on time. And he said, you know how to work with people. And I have a short list. And you're that list. Now, that was the vice president of the company. But there's one more voice who enters this plot. That's still a small voice. That was the one I couldn't wiggle out of and he he said if you don't step out you won't know what I can do oh okay so I said yes and <clears throat> so in the changing there were areas in my life that I was lacking and for one thing, I was never a confrontational purpose. Just confrontation to me was taboo. This is just one, one little area here. And uh, so I, I had to, God wanted to grow me in that area about using authority. And he said, it's okay. You can do great good with authority or you can do great damage. I want you to do great good. And so what I learned in that, I, that whole thing of confrontation was, first of all, show mercy. Give them the opportunity. Show mercy. And if they reject that, then they've left themselves with nothing but judgment. And that it's okay to be confrontational because you're the authority. You're the one who has the goal in mind. You're the one who has the bigger picture. And if they don't want to see that, it's for their own good. So in the end, I want to get back what I give out. 
Scripture's clear on that. If I give out judgment, I'm going to get back judgment. If I show mercy, I'm going to get back mercy. I play the part of the dummy really well. So I need mercy. I want mercy. So, in the end, there were a lot of, there were, that was just one big area though that God grew me up in in terms of how to be confrontational but also how to use authority. And I could have stayed in my own little world doing my own little thing and I, would, I, could, I could do my job sleeping. I was, I was that good, but not me. God had really been gracious. But others saw that and said, here's a real need and we believe that you can, feel, you can fill that need. But the reason why I'm, I'm mentioning that is the one who is constant. And that's what I've entitled this sermon. In the midst of all the changes that we're going to encounter, there is the divine constant. Amen. And because he is the divine constant, I don't have to be afraid of the change that he wants to bring. As I, you know, as I, as I pondered this message, I thought of several different worship songs that kind of spoke to the implication of this. The divine constant. And one of them is um, Cornerstone. Christ alone, Cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. There's a verse in there that says, when darkness seems to hide his face. I rest, I rest on what? His unchanging grace. You know, there was a time when the girls went to the Czech Republic some years ago and it was getting down to the zero hour in terms of raising up the finances and, and given the location where I was at. And in the building where I was at, I, somehow the story was generated. You want to stay where you are in the building where you are. You don't want to go to the other building. I was like, it's like getting put in another place and you don't know if you'll ever get back if you go to the other side. It's kind of like Star Wars almost, going to the dark side. <clears throat> and we sang, and Jason sang that song this morning, I've hide me now under your wing. And as I was, and as I, as I did everything that I could to stay busy down to the nth degree because I did not want to go to the other side. I came down to the last rabbit to pull out of my hat and I used it and I still had to go to the other side. What I failed to realize is that I was fighting God and that God took me to the other side that I could be able to work overtime which was crucial in helping the girls build up their finances. I couldn't see but God saw that morning before this unfolded it was just about the, the time where I had to get up and go and, um, and get ready for work. And I remember this vision, this dream. And I, in this dream, I was, I was in this jungle brush. The brush was higher than I was. Weeds, uh, just growth that I couldn't see through. And I was thinking and crying out in this dream, Lord, where are you? I can't see. I can't see to the other side. I can't see you. 
And then he said, I am here. And when he said, I am here, the tall grass disappeared. His presence, his presence shone and said, I am here. That's all I needed to see and know is I am here. He is the divine constant. He doesn't change. He doesn't move. He doesn't have a furrowed brow. He doesn't have sagging arm muscles. He doesn't have palsied strength. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the definition of immutable, it's not a word that we necessarily use in our everyday language, means unchanging over time or unable to be changed. And I would dare say inalterable, which means cannot be changed. When he first revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. Do you remember what God called himself when he said, when Moses asked the question, who shall I say sent me? I am. I am. That's right. I am. And I went to Bible, Bible Project. Okay. And I come to find this out. They're a great resource. But what they said there at Bible, God uses, calls himself by the name Jehovah or Yahweh, or Adonai. In the Old Testament, Jehovah and Lord, where it's spelled with all caps, how many times do you think he references himself by that name in the Old Testament? 6,500 times. So if God wants to make a point about who he is, who he is, I think he succeeded in that. I am that I am. You know, in my thinking, I hear that and I say, that's nice, and I just put it on a shelf. But every time when you see that in capital letters or you see Jehovah, I am that I am, that should spark encouragement to each one of our hearts. That should spark confidence. And my prayer today is, is the same, is that you will be able to enter into his rest and rest on his unchanging grace. You know, when I first came down here, that was one of the big things that drew me to him. I remember going up front, crying my eyes out when Nick gave the invitation. I went forward. I didn't know what was going to happen. But I tell you, my heart poured out as, and everything that it was in it, just like my tears. And the thing that came off of my lips was, God, if you are the God of the Bible, the one that when people encountered you, they were never the same again, then that's what I want. And he honored that prayer. He honored that big time. He showed up. And the very first thing that he did is that he forgave me of my sins. Now, I may have known that, but becoming a committed Christian and being set free and just embracing the liberty of the cross and who he is, the liberty that I have in him, and just letting all that just kind of pour in. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that has not diminished one iota. If you look in Matthew chapter 5, 
in the, in the uh, Sermon on the Mount, he says, not one, one iota, not one tittle will pass from the law till all is fulfilled. I challenge you, go look at what, I, what a, a jot and a tittle is. They're these little itsy-bitsy, squeezy little things. They're not the letter. They're just a little bitty thing. And he's not even one of these little bitty things is going to pass till all, what I say, all is accomplished. I think he's making a point. If he can say that about a jot and a tittle, what does that say about your life and my life? He is well able because he is the divine constant. He's the only constant. The liar can't make that claim because you know what? The liar has to just feed more lies. Oh, there may be a grain of truth to it, but if you, you know as well as I do, you start with a lie, you got to add another lie to substantiate. You got to build another lie. But what in the end do you have? Lies. It won't stand. So what are the ramifications of that? Just, just think for a moment. Because he is who he is, his promises, his promises still stand. There's no disclaimer. There's no expiration date. There's no, well, that was good for this situation, but now I got I to gotta come up with something else. His promise still stands. All of his promises still stand. And so this morning, I want the Lord to impart to you encouragement. I want the Lord to minister to you His rest. I want you to be able to enter into His rest because He is the divine constant, because He is Himself the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to share with you a familiar portion of Scripture. This is from Hebrews chapter 6. Starting at verse 17. Now, I know you've, you read these words, but I'm going to give you the expanded version. You know how the Amplified Bible takes and expands it a little bit? <clears throat> so I, I'll read verse 16, and then starting at verse 17, I'm going to read the expanded version of what the Greek says. And I want to tell you ahead of time here, that if you look at these verses, this, this set of verses is laden, I like that word laden, loaded down with some great imagery, great truths. And, you know, I have found it myself at times when I try to speak and when something difficult, I stammer, I stutter. I, I want to make a point, but... Don't hurt me if I make this point. I'm going to make this point. And God, when he speaks, he doesn't waste words. He knows what he wants to say. He knows how he wants to say it. And he knows, the, he knows what the intent, he knows how to say it to make the intent of what he wants to say clear to us. So, in Hebrews chapter 6 here, for people swear by something greater than themselves, in all their disputes, an oath is final for confirmation. So here in verse 17, so when God desiring to will deliberately, 
to deliberately exercise of the will to show, to prove, to demonstrate, to display something belonging to oneself more convincingly, more than is necessary, exceedingly, abundantly to the heirs of promise. The one who has acquired or obtained the portion allotted to him. That's us. That's us. The heirs of promise. I want to challenge you at the end of today when you go home. Let those words soak into you. Take each one of those words. I could have wrote out the list of all those, the, the key words, but I want to encourage you, go over those words, read those verses and say, God, highlight to me the different things you want me to take in here. Let them, let the, soak them up. One who has acquired or obtained the portion allotted to him of the promise. An announcement, especially of a divine assurance of good the unchangeable character fixed inalterable purpose of his purpose counsel he guaranteed to pledge oneself to give surety with an oath so that by two unchangeable things fixed inalterable, unalterable, in which it is impossible, unable to be done for God to lie, we who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement. The calling near to our side. And that makes perfect sense as we go on and see that he's the anchor Calling to oneself, a calling near, to hold fast to the hope, the confident expectation, not, not some kind of a roll of the dice, like, is it going to work out? Is it not going to work out? Que sera, sera. No, a confident expectation. That's him. That's his heart. And he's expressing that heart in these words he's deliberately chosen. We have this as a sure, firm, that which can be relied on and steadfast, stable, firm, anchor, safeguard, stay of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone as a forerunner. One who comes in advance to a place where the rest are to follow. That's great. Him going before us and making a way where there is no way. Him going before us. Having become a priest forever after the order of Mel Melchizedek. So 
So let me just say this. The anchor that he is is not just plopped in the sand. The anchor that he is is grounded in heaven itself. And he, uh, he alludes to this in terms of his immutability. He alludes to this again in, uh, in Jeremiah. And what it says there, it says that Jeremiah 31. This is Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 35. Thus says the Lord, who gives the sun for light by day and the fixed order of the moon and the stars for light by night, who stirs up the sea so that its waves roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. If this fixed order departs from me, from before me, declares the Lord, then shall the offspring of Israel cease from being a nation before me forever. Thus says the Lord, if the heavens above can be measured and the foundations of the earth below can be explored, then I will cast off all the offspring of Israel for all, they, for all that they have done, declares the Lord. Now you and I both know that that's not going to happen. In Jeremiah 33, he makes another similar statement. To that end, starting at verse 19, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord, if you can break my covenant with the day and my covenant with the light, with the night, so that day and night will not, not come at their appointed time. That's like trying to tell a rooster, don't crow when the sun comes up. That's not going to happen. Then also my covenant with David, my servant, may be broken so that he shall not have a son to reign on his throne in my covenant with the Levitical priests of my name, priests, my ministers. As the host of heaven cannot be numbered and the sands of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the offspring of David, my servant, and the Levitical priests who minister to me. So because he is the divine constant, everything that he says is just as constant. And so there is another facet that is equally important. And it reminds me of this song, I am who you say I am. Not I was who you say I am. On any given day, I can wake up and feel like I don't want to go to work. On any given day, I can let my emotions, if I want or I choose to, I can let them try and rule me. Or I, I can let the circumstances try to take me to a place where I don't want to go. But because he is the divine constant, I can say what he says. I can say what Paul says. Paul said, I am what I am in 1 Corinthians 15 by the grace of God. So regardless of how I feel, regardless of what circumstances say, I am who you say I am because you're the same. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
That changes everything. When something tries to come up to me and say, no, this is what you're supposed to do. Or goad you into going to a place you shouldn't go. No, I am who you say I am. And because of that, Paul could say in 2 Timothy, I know whom I have believed. What did he, who did he believe? The divine constant. And he says, I am persuaded that he's able to do what? He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. And Paul, he didn't, because he is the divine constant, yeah, he went through hardships. But you know, when it came to the end, when the finish line was in sight, Paul said, I believe with clear resolution, I have fought the fight, I have run the race, henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of life. He didn't back off. He didn't stop. That doesn't mean that he didn't have days that were hard. But I tell you that in his hardest days, when he despaired of life, he was held by the anchor of his salvation. The great I am, the divine constant, held him and didn't let go. And I am grateful that his hold on us that divine anchor, that sure and steadfast anchor, his hold is greater on Paul, is greater on you than my hold of him. None of us, not one of us, were called to be or destined to be the anchor. There is only one, only one anchor. So I don't mean this to be a heavy, but it, it, I would be remiss if I didn't address this, and that's this, that with all that he says, he warns us about the seriousness of sin and everything that he said about sin. I want to be clear that in Hebrews chapter 2, he said, therefore we ought to give to the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard lest at any time we should let them slip. And then he references the fact of what happened when the angels, when the angels carried out his purposes, they, they did what he told them to do. But that's not meant to be heavy. What it is meant for us is to, that God gives warnings for our protection. God gives warnings as, as curbs, as boundaries, that Guys, I don't want you to go there, but if you go over the curb, this is what's going to happen. So know that in our weakness, if we do jump the curb, we have an advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. And if we confess our sins, I'm so glad there's no expiration date on his promises. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Our journey of sanctification with the divine constant, changing us from faith to faith, taking us from glory to glory, Those words in 2 Peter about his, 
exceeding great and precious promises and that he's given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. They're true because he's the divine constant, because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I just want to finish up here If you're in a place today where you're weary, where you're tired, maybe you're, the flame of your relationship is kind of flickering a little bit. I want to pray for you that God blow into your sail, that God blow into your flame and that it burn brighter and brighter to the day that he comes back. If that's you, I just want you to stand up where you are right now. If you have a situation right now that has taken the wind out of your sails, and you're saying, God, I want you to sustain me. I want you to stand. And I want to pray for, the, for God because he's the divine constant to bring you to the place of entering into his rest. Father God, you see our hearts. You see the hearts of my brothers and sisters here. And Father, you are the one who never changes. You're the one that as we behold you, we are being changed. And Father, right now, because you're our anchor, sure and steadfast, I pray that you would show more convincingly right now to my brothers and sisters that you are who they say you are and that you are who you say you are, that you're the divine constant, that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father God, I pray that even right now in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that, I pray your shalom down upon them. I pray that you would restore, deliver, make brand new, and blow into their sail. I pray, Father God, that you would come alongside of them and uphold them. I pray for them for fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh Fresh love, Lord. Fresh love. Father, you are willing and able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that they can ask, think, or imagine. I pray that even now, Father God, the situations that they have before them, the things that they have been carrying in their hearts, I speak release over them right now, in the name of Jesus, I release these burdens and I take these burdens and I place them in your almighty hands, your hands, Father God. And I pray for a divine exchange that, they, that your rest will come upon them, that your joy will come upon them, that your peace will come upon them, that you be the glory and the lifter of their heads and the assurance of heart. You are the breakthrough. You have the breakthrough. And I pray for the manifestation of that, Lord.
I take these cares. I give them all to you. And I pray that and not, not in any way, shape, or form that you give them the grace that they will not carry these things, that they will not take them out of your hands. But I pray, Lord, that they will be filled with the everlasting, unchanging truths that you are the same, that you are their burden barrier, bur, bearer, that you have these situations, that you have the answer, and that you bring forth a manifestation of that, Lord, because you are the great way maker. You make a way where there is no way, and you have done that throughout centuries, throughout the passing of time, Lord. You have done that. In Jesus' name, I speak rest over these, my brothers and sisters. And Father, I just pray right now that they would sense your presence. You're the one who comes alongside of them. And I pray as you are their anchor and as you are their refuge and as you are their very present help that you would uphold them and that they will prevail. They will prevail to the glory of God and that they are who you say they are, more than conquerors, more than conquerors through you who loves them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I pray these things and thank you. Thank you for them. And Lord, one last thing. I pray in the days ahead for all of us, give us the grace to be able to trust you with more and more when we can't see when things come upon us that we didn't see coming, give us the grace and make us able to stand because of who you are, because of your promises, because your mercies are new to us every day. In the name of Jesus, I ask these things also. Amen and amen.